OCI is the single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. Do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash wallstreet. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Apple, iPhone, you know I don't have to even say another word. You're listening to this podcast, right, Stephen Grosser? We don't need some some long introduction. Apple, iPhone, you're listening. You're hooked. That's that's correct, Paul. Although that introduction was probably a little longer than needed to be. Right. It could have been two words. Yeah. Apple, iPhone. Okay, Apple unveiled the new iPhones. Dan Gallagher, Hurt on the Street columnist, is right here to give us his take on it. Dan, how are you? Great. How are you guys? Uh, we're we're so excited about the new iPhones. Please tell me they were everything I was dreaming. Well, I think Please. Paul. I think Paul. You were more taken with Jamie Dimon dissing Bitcoin? your favorite Bitcoin. Yes, today. yes. That's that's but another podcast. I think that's the rest for another of, yeah, podcast. Yeah. Let's keep priorities in mind. Let's keep yeah. priorities in mind. Right, right. The rest of the world was focused on the iPhone. I mean, Dan, like running into this, people had referred to this as the most important. I think you know the Wall Street Journal, in fact, referred to this as the most important, you know, product launch or product event that Apple's had in in years. Uh, do you, you know, is that your opinion? And how did Apple do today? Uh, I, I think yes, but you know, relatively speaking, they, you know, when they do, you know, every year they do these kind of incremental upgrades, and then every so often they do sort of a major one that kind of brings the phone into a new realm. So three years ago they did the iPhone six, which brought the iPhone into this larger screen world that Android phones kind of had of themselves. That sparked this really big cycle for Apple and. The, the two years since that have, haven't been looking as good. So in that sense, what they had to do today was bring out something that was going to bring back some growth and maybe get the company to a new peak because, uh, you know, for the fiscal year that's going to end in a few weeks here in last fiscal year, it's, it, the results haven't been as great. You can see it in a revenue chart. They, they peaked in fiscal 15. So what the new phones had to do today was, I think, break them to a new peak. Um, I th- I think they might, but I'm still a little bit cautious, to be honest. Why? I guess why are you cautious? Well, I I, I don't want to judge devices that I, I I wasn't there, you know, in, in Cupertino to have my hands on it. Um, you know, the iPhone 10, the that they've that's it's kind of a redesign. They haven't, you know, it stretches out the display. Um, it, the and the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, they look like really solidly designed Apple products, you know, but the I'm not sure they broke through where where a lot of people were thinking they might with, you know, you know, if you're comparing the the iPhone 10 to like the Galaxy S8 from Samsung, which is kind of a curved screen, beautiful device, mm-hmm. um, and, that, and now you've lost the fingerprint scanner, so you're going to have to unlock it with your face, and that actually it looked like it didn't work in one of the onstage demos. Wow. Uh, I, I, to me, there's still some questions that I have to see: Will this particular phone be a huge seller in its own right? Can, can we? Um, just, can Can someone explain to me why there was an eight and a ten today? What am I missing? The you're missing a nine. Yeah. Right, I'm missing a nine. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I'll well, be, why didn't they go with iPhone X? I would have. I thought that was a much better name, but that's another story. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's a question for Apple's mic- marketing, yeah. <laughs> you know, marketing ponchos, I think. Right. And, and, and I have to give Apple credit. They tend to be far better at marketing than me. So Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, I mean, 8 would have been the next in the cycle, you know, because they'd had the 7 last year. Right. Um, but, you know, they clearly wanted to do something, you know, kind of set up a, this, a premium device um, that set apart a little bit from the lineup. So I think that's what they were trying to achieve with with how they've how they named it and how they're positioning this new one. It's also going to be hard to get. I mean, it's they're not even it's not even launching until about six weeks after the other ones. And I hear production's going to be really tight. So uh, you, you know, it's hard to know like for the next six months how much sales is it going to contribute. Even if uh, it'll probably sell out of its available supply, I would guess. And in your column uh, that I guess will be hitting papers tomorrow, and will be online uh, tonight. Uh, you know, you talk about also the impact on earnings from you know these iPhones. It's less than certain that it'll have the same impact that the iPhone six did. Can you explain why you uh, you think that? Well, mostly because component costs have gone up a lot. I mean, memory prices in some cases have doubled in the last year. And these phones keep packing in more memory. I mean, here's an interesting note. Uh, last year, the lowest memory configuration was 32 gigabytes. And now this year, the lowest is 64. So they've essentially doubled the memory config. That, so that means they're buying more memory, which which is, the prices of which gone up a lot. Display costs have gone up a lot, especially for like OLED displays that the iPhone X is using. So just on those factors alone, that's going to... That's going to be some pressure on profits, and I'm not sure. If, I mean, the the prices are all higher now, especially this new one, which is close to a thousand bucks. It's it, it's hard to know if that'll fully offset it. So right now, the street projections are that operating income in fiscal in the 2018 fiscal year, the one about to start, is actually going to be a little bit below that peak that they got under the iPhone 6, even though sales will be up from that. So that implies at least investors are baking in some expectation that, you know, the profits won't take off as much because of that. Hey, that's kind of crazy, Dan. Usually, as I understand it, in the tech world, you know, isn't the, the sort of trend that component prices are always coming down and you're always getting more space, more memory, more hard drive, more everything for cheaper? Why, why are component prices going up right now? Well, memory has always been, you know, a lot of ups and downs, you know, because mm-hmm. it really moves with supply in the market. Um, so you've seen, you know, over years, the price will spike and then drop, you know, based solely on supply. Right now, it's a really great time to be a memory producer because there's a lot of demand going on, you know, from cloud operators, from smartphone makers, from there's from cars. Um, mm. All these things that are getting more chips in them need right. memory in that. So demand for memory is really strong, and, wow. and production keeps coming up, but it doesn't quite fill demand. So that's where that's where the prices on that have gone. Mm. As far as OLED displays, there there's a relatively few that right make ones that meet the quality Apple would need for a smartphone OLED display. Samsung, as my understanding, kind of has that market locked at the moment. So it's just a matter of there's just not enough producers. Wow. All right. Let's uh, let's take a break there. When we come back, more with Heard on the Street's Dan Gallagher talking about Apple's new iPhone. You are listening to Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The future is closer than you think. Find out how close 
Subscribe to the Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal. Now on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome back to Money Beat. We are talking to our colleague, Dan Gallagher, Heard on the Street columnist, and we are talking about Apple's new iPhone lineup, which they unveiled at one of their typically splashy California unveiling parties. Dan, I know you weren't at the, the actual event itself, but it, it seems like this, this was kind of the first time that people saw Apple's new uh, donut-shaped headquarters building. Uh, was this a, a big coming out party for for that as well? And, and what is that? I guess what I'm trying to get at is, is, you know, Apple's always had this sort of image of themselves that they, they not unjustified, but that they have certainly pushed to as this sort of, you know, magical revolutionary company. And, and they need a new iPhone to be hot and magical and revolutionary. Now they've got these new headquarters. But, you know, what is what does this day do for Apple's image? Well, I, you know, it's the they're not really moved into the new campus yet, but they got the theater done in time to host this mm-hmm. host this event today. Um, you know, it, look, it's a I, I haven't been there in person on on the property. Um, it's 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 a very eye catching new place. So you know, having having this event this year, I think was important to them to kind of break that ground in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ultimately, Apple's not going to rise and fall based on its you know, where its headquarters are. I mean, for years, they've been kind of crammed into these, you know, very nondescript offices nearby in Cupertino. I've been there several times, Mm -hmm. and there was, you could, if you didn't see the signs, you could drive right past them and think there was nothing remarkable there, no remarkable company, and you've got the world's most valuable company that's been taking up so much of the space. So, you know, now it's, so all these years later, Apple finally has this very distinctive place, you know, in, in its hometown, um, and the challenge for them is to be, you know, you don't want it to be a monument to Apple of the past. You know, they you want they want to prove that they're still a company that can really innovate and do new things and surprise new people. Um, and that's been a challenge for them. I mean, the iPhone was a real, you know, grand sl- double grand slam home run right. um, that, you know, even though they've done some new products since, you know, it's been a hard one to kind of top. Right. Um, so they'll they've got a lot of work ahead, I think, to kind of keep proving themselves. Huh. Um, and now that they're in this, you know, kind of eye-catching, flashy new place, it probably raises the bar even more. So that raises a question. I mean, as you said, the iPhone is essentially the attention is all is always going to be on the iPhone, or at least right now it's going to be on the iPhone because it's the big driver of it, of Apple's bottom line. But Apple did roll out, um, you know, an update to Apple TV and an update to the, you know, its watch. What did? What's your take on those products? In you know, from an, especially from an investor's sort of standpoint. Well, you know, it's hard. They don't break out sales for those things, so it's kind of hard to value. I think, I think the Apple Watch. I've seen it similar to the iPod in the sense that I, I think it's getting a slow start because of a few factors. It's you know, initially it was very expensive. You know, you had to have an iPhone to work it, so limited the market. And I think like the iPod, as the price, as the average price slips down a little bit and the functionality grows, and today they put out a watch that'll actually connect directly to a cell network. You don't need to tether it to an iPhone necessarily. Right. Um, I think as it as it as those things happen, um, it'll it'll broaden its appeal. 
um, to something. So I think it's I think it's going to grow to a respectable business for them. Um, and I've kind of seen that with smartwatches in general. I think as more people see the benefits and value, I think that overall business will do pretty decent. But you just the problem with comparing it to something like a phone is that I don't think there's going to be ever any smartwatch that like everybody has to have. Um, everybody has a phone. You know, teenagers and, have phones. You and I have phones. Right. And, and multiple, in some cases, phones. I mean, I, the number of people I see on the subway that have two iPhones is is pretty remarkable. Yeah. And it's yeah. so that's where, and that's why it's very hard for them to top. And that's why I think you saw them look at things like even cars because, you know, they're trying to look at, okay, where can we make huge impacts? And, you know, in America, everybody has a car, or most everybody has a car. So if they can bring something new to that realm, that's that's really fascinating. But that looks like it's years off, if if ever. Yeah. You know, so so Apple has this this golden child reputation in the market, and they're clearly just a, a wildly profitable company. I understand they earn billions of dollars every single quarter. They have a huge war chest. But the reality is that they're not the number one smartphone maker, and it seems like they're actually in a very tight race to be the number two smartphone maker. What is the competitive environment for this company right now? Well, globally, it's hard because yeah. you know they play in one segment of the market, which is the higher end. And mm-hmm. so, for all these, for the companies like Samsung, like Huawei, like all the other Android companies that have a broader range of devices that hit multiple price points, um, it, it's a little hard for Apple to compete on pure volume. And mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think Apple cares that much about globally becoming being the number one share i mean that's pretty impossible now anyway right um and i i think they're more interested in in i mean the profits they make i mean they they command most of the profits in the industry so mm-hmm. they're not hurting in that respect um wh- where i do think it gets challenging is um you know they have to compete they're not only competing with device makers they're competing with google that puts a lot of technology and investment behind the system that makes these things work mm. so when google is you know, every year, you know, keeps iterating on Android and iterating on the services they can put behind Android, this massive global network they have. That's, that is a a certain threat to Apple because I think, you know, there's what your phone can do, like the hardware that's in the phone, but capabilities for the phone are, are more often now being pushed by the network. And as, as Google's network grows and, and, gets more powerful and gets more artificial intelligence built in, I think you start to see, you know, in a few years' time, there might, it might, if Apple doesn't keep up on that, um, you know, they could find themselves outclassed technologically. So they, they have a lot mm-hmm. to compete with, It's but they're competing with more than just making a prettier device than maybe Samsung or Huawei. They have to compete with a, a whole gamut of, of issues and companies. The other question, you know, comes down to you know valuation and the stock performance. Apple, I think it's risen around forty percent uh, coming into this event. How does that, you know, how does this event set up Apple for the rest of the year? And you also wrote about this, um, you know, earlier in the week about Apple reaching, you know, that the, the trillion dollar market cap that Apple's not that far away from at this point. They're not, and honestly, I think they'll probably be the first company to get there because they're much further along that path than anybody else. Um, I, I don't, I honestly don't see them getting there in the. You know, the the trick is, after most iPhone launches, the stock has gone up in the in the few months after, uh, and then often it inevitably turns down because it's it's a cyclical business. 
So the question to me was, is it conceivable that they could hit a trillion before having this this kind of downturn as they go into another slow kind of off cycle? Um, I just don't see that right now based on, you know, current estimates and current numbers. That would be a really uh, kind of historically high valuation for them to get there. And while I think they'll have a good iPhone upgrade cycle this next year because of the overall the new devices, not just the 10, um, I, I don't see it as quite being enough to get the stock to that point, at yeah. least in the kind of foreseeable future. But I think ultimately they'll get there because that's kind of the long-term trend. But also the, the run-up that Apple's had this year, I think it's one of the, you know, the best sort of run-ups it's had prior to a product launch uh, in, in, you know, in, the, in recent years. Does that, does that make it harder to sort of you know, keep climbing higher uh, after, uh, after this um, event today? You know, it's a challenge. The, what they have to do, I think if they're going to get, you know, a lot more for the stock, I could see it get, getting, given what's already done, I can see it going up a little bit more in the next uh, few months. I think to make it go up a lot more, um, they'll have to show an even stronger upgrade cycle for the iPhone than people are expecting or, you know, a big boost in services or some other like kind of surprising factor that that people weren't expecting. Um, that's possible. That's certainly possible. I just right now, you know, I'm not I'm not seeing that as likely. Um, but the you know, I don't I don't think it's a th- matter that they never get to that point because, like I said, they're just further along than anybody. So right. ultimately, over time, you know, maybe in the next few years, I could see that. It doesn't happen in the next twelve months. I, that's where I think it's a little bit of a stretch. The the iPhone popcorn maker. That's the next one. Uh, well, the real question I have. I give that to Tim Cook, free of charge. Tim, Tim, you can have that one idea. The one, the question I have for Paul is: Grocer just completely glossed over yeah, my my great well, iPhone uh, popcorn I just, maker. I just idea. want to know if you're going to upgrade your uh, flip phone. Uh, no, I'm not going to upgrade my flip phone. But I will tell you, my work phone, which is an iPhone, uh, I just put in for an upgrade with the tech people, and it's old enough that I'm I can get a new one. The iPhone X? No, of course not. Nor the 8. I'm going to get I whatever mean, I mean, I the mean, last thing we approved is. The iPhone 10. Yeah, I'm not going to get either one. Uh, but no, man, my flip phone still serves me fine. Serves me fine. Is, does it work as a burner phone? That's it, what I'm yeah, exactly. It's my burner <laughs> phone. Right, right. Uh, Dan Gallagher, Heard on the Street columnist. Thanks for your time, Dan. Appreciate it. I know you're busy. Pleasure. And everyone, thank you for listening. We'll catch up with you soon. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.